Welcome to Working for Women, the independent women's forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hello, I'm Charlotte Hayes, Senior Editor at the Independent Women's Forum. Today I'm here with Hadley Heath Manning, Director of Health Policy at IWF and our sister organization, Independent Women's Voice. Hadley's just created a really spiffy new video on straight talk about health care in which we meet Beth, an ordinary person who has big dreams of opening her own business. But first, Beth has to navigate our costly and overregulated health care system. Straight Talk shows Beth faced with Obamacare, during Obamacare, and before Obamacare. Um, and it gets into the promises of what a, what a system uh, after Obamacare could be. I highly recommend it. Um, Hadley, welcome. First, Hadley, I, I understand that the health care system, uh, including how we obtained coverage, really wasn't perfect before Obamacare. Well, that's right. And unfortunately, the narrative about health care reform uh, has two different versions. Some people, usually people who support Obamacare, will say, well, we tried having a free market in health care. That was what the system was before Obamacare. And if we go back to a market-driven system, we're going to have the same problems. But there's actually another side to the story, and that's explaining how the system before Obamacare wasn't a free market at all. We had a lot of regulations, not just um, from the federal government, but mostly at the state level, actually, when when it comes to health insurance regulation. And then we have these huge uh, federal programs that have existed since the 1960s, Medicare and Medicaid. Um, And we have some distortions, very important distortions in our tax code that uh, strongly affect the way we obtain health insurance coverage. So a lot of this is uh, tainted by the individual experiences of people. You know, if you ask someone who uh, has has pretty much had a good experience with the healthcare system, they might say, well, it does cost a lot of money, and I'm not sure, you know, how to get more information about pricing, and that's frustrating to me. Um, they'll have one story to tell, but there's a lot of people who have uh, experienced great harm at the hands of the healthcare system, both during and before Obamacare, whether it means they couldn't get health insurance coverage or they ended up with a very costly insurance or hospital bill that put them into what we call medical bankruptcy. So, indeed, there were very serious problems, um, but we shouldn't blame those problems on a robust, competitive, and free market because that's simply not what the, what the system was before Obamacare. Well, Hadley, Obamacare was supposed to, to cure all these ills. It was supposed to change things drastically and make the situation better uh, for, for people like Beth. So what really happened when you look at, look at this from Beth's point of view? Right, and and Beth is the protagonist in this series of three videos that you mentioned and recommended. Thank you, Charlotte. The first video shows Beth uh, trying to navigate the healthcare system before Obamacare, and yes, in the second video, Beth is experiencing Obamacare firsthand, and we believe her experience is actually pretty representative of what many Americans went through. In fact, it was my personal experience to get a letter of, of cancellation of your health insurance plan in the mail. And so, you know, one of the frustrating problems before Obamacare was that people didn't feel like they had a huge amount of choice in the health insurance coverage that they got, whether it was their boss picking it out for them or they were trying to navigate the individual insurance market. Um, Beth finds that during Obamacare, she has even fewer options. She's got to go to the Obamacare exchanges to look for a new policy that is compliant with Obamacare or the the so-called Affordable Care Act. And she finds she has fewer options and they're more expensive. So that's really, you know, if you talk to your friends and neighbors, that's not an uncommon experience under Obamacare. Um, Hadley, is just repealing Obamacare, just repealing, is that the right way forward? 
I would say no. You know, there are some people who advocate for that point of view that um, they'll say, well, we were much better off before Obamacare. And that may be true. Uh, we certainly weren't spending, you know, $1.7 trillion on uh, this law in 10 years. That was the original estimate of how much this law would cost on a very expensive and difficult to navigate government bureaucracy. We could have used that money in other ways. And of course, Obamacare raises taxes in about 20 different ways by about $1 trillion over 10 years. So there's certainly an argument for how harmful Obamacare has been, especially when it comes to uh, its bad use of our resources. But on the other hand, I would, I would go back to this important you know, understanding of the system before Obamacare and how, how broken it was, actually. So I would suggest instead of going back to the pre-Obamacare system, that we look for a way forward. And I think the way forward is really going to be uh, emphasizing you know, personal choice, robust competition among the providers of health care and health insurance. And this is going to lead to greater affordability. And when you have greater affordability, people have better access. I think one of the premises of Obamacare was, let's focus on making sure everybody has health insurance. And while health insurance isn't necessarily a, a bad thing, it's certainly outgrown its role. You know, insurance typically is something we use, uh, you know, for example, with car insurance as a backstop against unexpected costs. When you have that car accident, that's when you call your, your car insurance um, office. But if you're using health insurance, you're probably using it for just about every transaction you make with the healthcare system. And I don't feel, you know, that that's the right role for insurance. In fact, that's just a third party payer who is making the entire system bloated, less efficient, less direct for patients and doctors to have more control. So I would say let's stop propping up the insurance industry with mandates that require people to, to buy a certain kind of comprehensive coverage when that's not a good fit for most people. Um, and that was happening, unfortunately, that was happening at the state level before it was happening at the federal level in Obamacare. So there's a lot that we can do to make the, the health marketplace more co competitive and more centered on the individual patient and the individual consumer. You've almost answered my next question, but I want to ask it anyway because I think it needs emphasis. Uh, you know, a lot of times, Hadley, when, when people talk about conservatives talk about market-based reforms, it sounds pretty heartless. It sounds like, you know, you're going to sacrifice people to the market. How do, how do you respond to this? How do, how do we sort of defend this? Well, I would say, you know, uh, maybe a, a simple way to answer this question is you look at other facets of life that really are market driven. You look at the way that we consume, um, you know, for example, um, just about any other consumer good. We go to the store, we go to the market, we might go to a farmer's market or grocery store. We're looking at different items. We might go to a, a Walmart or a Target and we're trying to buy a particular item. Well, chances are there are multiple businesses that create this item and they're, they're sitting on the same shelf. We're looking at our options and we're trying to decide what has the best value. You know, we're not always going to buy the cheapest thing. Um, sometimes we're going to buy the thing that makes the most sense for us. Somebody else might want to buy, you know, a, a different version of the same product. And so I'd say, look at the way market competition helps us in so many other facets of life. It allows us to be in charge of picking what's best for us, depending on our preferences, our needs, our budget. And it puts downward pressure on price because if there's more than one producer of any good or service, they're going to have to compete with one another. And I would love to see a healthcare system 
where providers of health care and carriers of health insurance had to compete for my business. That would put me in, in a place of power, give me the leverage as the patient, as the consumer. I would love to walk into uh, my doctor's office and see a list of all the services that he provides with pricing information. Then I could go across the street to a different doctor's office and I could find out what prices they're offering for certain services. So this is really, you know, it's so far from what we've ever experienced in healthcare, most of us in the United States anyway. But I would say, let's look at the way the market serves us in other uh, facets of life and let's try to apply that to healthcare. It's just, it's hard to imagine because we've never been there before, but I believe we can get there. It's, it's really not heartless, but it puts the little guy, the consumer, in a place of power. And that's ultimately, I think, gonna, gonna serve everyone best. Well, now, Hadley, I understand that some suggested replacements for Obamacare, even by conservatives, really just replace it with more big government solutions. Is that true? Well, you know, there's a political side to all this, and uh, that's what makes it complicated because Americans have really come to, unfortunately, I think they've come to expect that the federal government will play a pretty big role in helping us obtain health insurance and health care. You know, since the 1960s, we've had huge programs that insure millions of people, Medicare and Medicaid. And we've just kind of accepted, even though healthcare, the words healthcare don't, don't uh, appear anywhere in the U.S. Constitution. It certainly <laughs> doesn't seem like it was originally um, the role of the federal government to be involved in this way. Americans have kind of come to accept it. When we look across the rest of the world and we see government um, even more involved sometimes with universal healthcare systems or government-run single-payer healthcare systems. And so it is difficult, I think, for um, market-minded reformers to talk about this uh, and to recommend their form of, of reform because it's just simply unlike anything that we see in the rest of the world. So, uh, yes, there's a temptation, I think, to accept some of the bad premises in Obamacare. One, that government should play uh, an even greater role in helping people obtain health care and health insurance. And two, that the main uh, goal of any health reform should be to make sure that the maximum number of people have health insurance. Again, I think that's not the right goal, and I think it's even counterproductive to what the real goals ought to be. The real goals ought to be affordability, um, price transparency, price competition, uh, and this leads to greater control for consumers. Um, and, and great and better care for, for patients. So the bottom line is uh, anyone who's proposing to replace Obamacare, let's talk to them about what their goals are ultimately. If the goal is still universal health insurance coverage, that's probably the wrong goal. The right goal instead is to focus on giving some of the leverage back to consumers. And one way they can do that and, and one way that many conservatives are proposing to do that is to level the playing field for people who have to buy their own health insurance. What many people may not realize about health insurance is, is one of the reasons we buy it in office-centric groups, where we buy it through our employer, uh, is because of a tax distortion that's been around since about World War II times, so that if you get health insurance through your employer, you're actually getting that benefit tax-free. You don't have to pay income taxes uh, on that uh, benefit. But people who go into the individual market because they don't have an offer of employer coverage or, or for whatever reason, they have to pay for their health insurance premium with post-tax dollars. And this actually, this tax uh, difference is, you know, can amount to thousands of dollars every year. So people who are getting health insurance through their employer really have an advantage. But this system too kind of encourages people to over-insure because you're trying to cover 
every problem that everybody in the office might have rather than focusing on, hey, what, what kind of coverage do I really need? What kind of coverage does my family really need? And so I think the employer-centric nature of, of the system before and during Obamacare continue to be problems. It would be better in the future if we leveled the playing field for people um, by, by give, giving equal tax treatment to all health insurance plans. Uh, this would put more decision makers in the market. More people would be making choices based on what they wanted instead of what their boss decided. And this would um, create a situation where people overinsured less frequently and then premiums could come down because I think a lot of people think, oh man, you're asking me to pay for more of my own health care, whether it's out of pocket uh, routine health care costs or buying my own health insurance. Um, but I'm not asking people to buy their own health care and health insurance at today's prices. Today's prices are extremely burdensome to most American families. Um, my hope would be that through a transition to a market centric solution, we would see prices come down because uh, it's simply a, a very inefficient system that we have today. So, Hadley, these are such great and interesting ideas. Just let me ask you one more thing. Are you optimistic that we'll end Obamacare in the next few years and that we'll get something better? Well, this question really depends on leadership, right, Charlotte? I mean, um, yeah. I'm, I'm optimistic that uh, many American people can come to understand you know, why Obamacare isn't working. I, I know a lot of good people who supported Obamacare and they thought, you know, really supporting it would be um, good for themselves and their neighbors. I remember a speech from 1961 that Ronald Reagan uh, made about socialized medicine. He said, well, it's very easy to impose statism or socialism, as, as he used to call it, as people used to use that word more, more often. Um, it's very easy to impose socialism through a medical program because it's easy to disguise that medical program as a humanitarian project. And right. so that, I, I believe, is exactly what's, what we've seen with Obamacare. People have believed it to be a humanitarian project, and that's why it's gotten so many s supporters. But I, I also see now, you know, we've had Obamacare on the books for about five years. Many people are still scratching their heads wondering why it hasn't solved all the problems yet. You know, even people who have received health insurance coverage under Obamacare, they have very high out-of-pocket costs, sometimes unaffordable out-of-pocket costs for, for their families. And then they have maybe a narrow network of providers, and so they, they can't get the timely health care that they need. And, you know, that's really sort of very telling about the way Obamacare works. It puts insurance in people's hands, but it doesn't actually equip them with the ability to get the health care that they need when they need it because we're continuing to see overfill in, in our emergency rooms across the country. And that was something, that was a problem that was supposed to solve and hasn't. So I'm optimistic that people will look at the reality of the situation and say, well, we've tried the Obamacare approach. We've tried the government-centric approach of regulating uh, what kind of insurance people have to buy and subsidizing health insurance to put it in the hands of more people. Maybe next time we try this health reform thing, we can focus more on health care and on individual patients and consumers rather than focusing on, you know, Uncle Sam trying to solve this problem in a one-size-fits-all way for all Americans. So my optimism is, is with the American people, with their personal experiences, that they will be open-minded enough to, to consider giving it a try in the, in the market direction, recognizing, hopefully, you know, through watching some of our videos, straight talk about health care, that we didn't have a perfect a system before Obamacare, but we can uh, try to get closer to perfect by putting more of the power in the hands of individuals and consumers.
Um, Hadley, it may be early in the morning in Colorado, but this was a great conversation. I truly thank you. Um, and I urge our listeners to go, go to our homepage and meet Beth, uh, who, who can also give you just as clear an explanation as Hadley has given you. Wonder why. Thanks, Hadley. Thanks, Charlotte. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by iwf.org for similar content.